Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield. And this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. And welcome to episode number 104 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Firstly, as ever, a big thank you to all our Patreon supporters, old and new. And welcome if you're a first-time listener. Not only have we got a treat for you this week, we've got another 103 treats for you in the back catalogue. We've got some amazing stories from amazing artists from every rung of the artistic ladder and every genre of the art world. We've spoke to artists whose work goes for under £100. We've spoke to artists whose work goes for over a million pounds. And just about everyone in between. So go and have a look, there's something there for absolutely everyone. But getting back to this week's episode, episode number 104. Today I'm taking you to meet Catherine Borowski, who is one half of the Skip Gallery. If you don't know the Skip Gallery, the picture you just formed in your head when you heard me say Skip Gallery is exactly what Skip Gallery is. It's artwork shown in a skip. Can you get any more accessible? I first became aware of them some time ago. I first became aware of them some time ago (laughs) when I saw a wooden house, obviously created by Richard Woods, just sticking proudly out of a skip. It was one of those ideas where you go, oh God, why didn't I think of that? I've seen several since that, well, I won't mention here because we obviously mention them in the podcast. There was one here that Catherine speaks of that I didn't know of and I really wish I'd seen it. Like most podcasts nowadays, this was recorded over Zoom. And there was a couple of sections within this podcast that happened to lag. 
And as much as we've all become quite understanding and forgiving with these types of recordings, knowing that they're a necessity at the moment, a couple of sections were just incoherent, so I asked Catherine at a later date if she'd be kind enough to re-record them, and luckily she did. So when you hear the background change just a little bit, you're aware of what it is. But the upside of this re-recording was, Catherine was able to disclose a bit of news that she wasn't able to in the first recording. So when this episode ends and fades out, stand by because it will fade right back in again, where Catherine will tell you about a skip gallery project that includes a past guest on the Ministry of Arts podcast and a future guest. Hopefully that all makes sense. But anyway, please come and join me with Catherine Borowski from the Skip Gallery. I've got seven questions that I ask each guest. And the first being, how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? So Skip Gallery is kind of just that. It's an art, um, it's an art collaboration in a skip, which is, you know, a rubbish bin or a dumpster or a trash can. And our idea is to offer kind of the concept of skip galleries to offer opportunities for artistic interventions in unexpected places in a modified skip. Yeah. So the whole idea is that it could appear anywhere. So anywhere that you can kind of offload a skip. So whether it's a car park, um, a building site, a shop, uh, you know, a kind of public space, a park, anywhere. You should add, it's an actual metal skip not a fabricated ply or no no we haven't we've we've talked about doing a fabricated skip about 1500 times we've nearly done one but um that would be too easy to have something that kind of nicely flat yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. no we we like all the um we like all the theater and drama of um getting hold of the skip getting it delivered trying to get it through the doors of selfridges without you know with one centimeter to spare either side well that's selfridges one with the cherry blossom yeah, we've, we've done several, oh, thank you. We've done several in um, Selfridges. We got asked to do a, um, a kind of a residency there about, oh God, maybe it's two years ago, almost to the day. Um, and we called that piece um, Like It or Lump It. And we had a series of artists, including Paul Kindersley and Maya Georgievich, nice. um, where we, we took over, we located the skip on the ground floor in in between Gucci and Balenciaga, and the, it was it was a brilliant show. Amazing. They really, it, the fact that they allowed us to do it was, you know, still kind of my jaw drops. So Maya's piece was this was her character, this this white this blonde girl sitting on top of a cherry, this on this pink ice cream blancmange. Yeah. And Paul Kindersley's piece, uh, Ship of Fools, he turned the skip into a um, into a ship. I love and, Paul Kindersley. Yeah, he's amazing. He's one of my top favourites. And so he, we created these um, a play. So we had eight performers in and out of the out of the skip, writhing around on the floor. It was brilliant. And how did the idea come about to use a skip as a gallery or a, a showing thinking, place? Yeah. So probably now, I'm thinking maybe about four years ago, I wanted to do a show. So when Lee and I first started sort of really collaborating with each other, I wanted to do a show during freeze because I just thought it's really bloody kind of criminal really that the whole of the art world descends on London for a weekend or for one night but unless you're highly networked really you know really well established or posh or just lucky there is no in for normal artists there is just you know it's all there it's like it's kind of like it's all there it's all out on the table but you 
you just can't, you know, it really shows the, the art world for the kind of ex- exclusive, you know, yeah. world that it is. Yeah. And so I wanted to book a um, either a pop-up retail space or a gallery or something where I could hold a, an exhibition, but obviously everything close to freeze and everything was either obviously um, fully booked or just really expensive that, you know, you've, you'd have paid 12 to 15 grand for the higher fee for a few days before any production and install Man. costs. And it just, it's just prohibitive. It's silly. impossible. Yeah. It's silly. Um, and so I thought oh, I really wanted to do something. I thought oh, then the best thing is I want to take my, my work to freeze. And so yeah. I thought what's the best way of doing it is, Oh bloody skip because you yeah, can just excellent. plonk it down in the morning and by the time the council or the police have noticed you could have a skip truck waiting around the corner to pick it up and you've gone yeah. so that was the idea is to put the skip down and open it as um in a way gallery is a bit misleading because the skip is as much of as part of the art as the um as the kind of collaboration with the artist itself um and so, so we, we just started doing it. And uh, I think people, originally it was going to be a one-off show of where I was, I really wanted people to go inside a closed skip and just feel what it felt like to be inside a skip. Yeah. And I, that was probably, my mum had just passed away. So I think I was in quite a kind of, sort of I felt really isolated yeah. and quite yeah. bleak and um, on my own. And um then I started talking to Lee about it and he was like, yeah, I really love it as an idea. Can I do one as well? Before you know it, we've got, you know, I don't know, 15 artists lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did our first show in uh, Hoxton Square and it was um, in March 2017. And it was a kind of homage to my mum who'd passed away the year before in Mecca. So she was uh, Muslim and um, she died. She'd done her pilgrimage and she she died kind of 10 minutes later and so she got buried wow, out there that's beautiful if you don't mind me saying i mean i'm not religious or spiritual in any way but wow yeah. it was really wow and, and for my mum when they phoned and told me i was i was actually in marbella for the weekend and i got a phone call i kept having the all these missed phone calls i just didn't want to talk to anyone because yeah, i was away yeah. for the weekend and then kind of we were just getting ready to leave on the monday morning i thought oh, i'd better answer the phone call They're, they're bloody not going to stop. And um, it was the tour operator that she used to travel with saying, you're just I'm phoning to let you know that your, your mum has passed away. And I just knew it to be true. I knew that there wasn't, you know, when you kind yeah, of see yeah, movies yeah, with people yeah, saying, yeah. it can't be, are you yeah. sure? And I just, my mum used to, um, it sounds really weird, but she kind of used to sort of pray to, to God to die in Mecca because if you're Muslim, you go straight to Sorry. paradise. Yeah. So, um, that's beautiful. That's yeah. Really beautiful. Oh, thank you. It wow. was, it was so shocking, but I kind of also, it was what she needed. It's what she wanted. It yeah. was really, we just didn't expect her. You it's know, I've been. It takes away so much sadness and sorrow, doesn't it? You know, it's as if I don't yeah. even know what words to use. I'm sorry. Well, she'd been messaging me saying, you got my book, my cab back from Heathrow? I was like, yeah, I got your cab back from Heathrow. <laughs> she'd be like, is cat all right? Because coincidentally, she gave me her cat. And my mum, the cat was like 17. And my mum and her cat were inseparable. Yeah. She would never have given me, she literally, she was like, well, you, you have Sabah now, I'm 
I don't know why she gave me the cat. But anyway, so the cat, I acquired the cat. I sort of inherited the cat before my mum even died about six <laughs> weeks before she went. I think, I think she must have known. Yeah. yeah. So we did a funeral for my mum, who was a real Londoner, and she was from Islington. And we thought, actually, the best place to do it is Hoxton for the kind of, um, well, mainly because my mum where she grew up in Islington, which was kind of really rough when she post-war and she was like, oh, no one, no one went to Woxton. But then also kind of the, the kind of conversation and, and the sort of irony of it then kind of burst through as being this kind of cool art space and then, you know, selling out to developers. It sort of, in terms of narrative, it felt like a really kind of good place to be, really. Yeah. So we did the first um, show as a funeral service to my mum and so we had um we had these beautiful victorian hearse with beautiful black horses trotting around the square with an empty um coffin (laughs) yeah with an empty skip yeah (laughs) with an empty actually the skip wasn't empty lee had created so kind of i'd worked on the outside of the skip it was kind of very performative the whole thing and then Lee did um, a, a sort of very a movement piece inside that was um, he took the last note of um, "Somewhere Over a Rainbow," which was my mom's favourite song, and just like dragged it out from yeah, elongated oh, it. Yeah, so we had this performer underneath this golden cloth, just moving really slowly. So it was a sound; it was a sort of immersive sound piece. Really, wow. that went inside the skip and saw this thing moving that it didn't look human. It you know it. it kind of looked really other oh beautiful um, yeah and then my mum she also had several names so she had her birth name which was chris but then she had two islamic names as well for some reason so i'd phone up like so i had to tell everyone that she died <laughs> so I'd like oh hi so and so it's um chris's daughter catherine here Catherine, who's Catherine? Kate. My family call me Kate. Kate. Just like, oh yeah, yeah. Chris's daughter, Kate. Okay. They're like, right, great. And then the next one say, hi, it's uh, Chris's daughter, Kate. What do you? Who's Chris? Oh, Soraya. Oh, and you're Catherine. So it's just kind of all these name combinations. <laughs> so we got all these flowers made up in my mum's various names, yeah. like. Yeah. And I was like, God, even as, as she's gone, she's still a bugger. She's still, you know, she's she was very mysterious. Superb. Yeah. Yeah, and then a we... few names in the past, but that's to keep away yeah. from the police. <laughs> well, hers might have been. I've got absolutely... You never know. You, you never, never know. know. I've got absolutely no idea. And, and how did these two pieces go down publicly? Surprisingly well. So there's always the chance that because if you're doing something in a skip, that it could be seen of as course. being a bit yeah. gimmicky or a bit, you know, a bit like, a bit bloody Shoreditch or a bit yeah. hipster, but it, yeah. it, um, I think that because it was really, the narrative was so genuine that it was about my mum who died and, you know, Lee's mum had subsequently kind of stepped up to be a grandma for my, for my son, Loris. Oh, so it was, it was probably in terms of, it's just quite a kind of pure, genuine narrative that I think that it really touched people's hearts. So yeah. when we had the private view, so there were a lot of tears it was yeah it was felt quite profound actually yeah even even though it was a skip and in a way it was a bit of a really funny two fingers up to yeah. in a way to my mum in a way her doing two fingers yeah. up to us as yeah. well 
because we were like, oh, you, you bugger, but we're still going to do a funeral. Oh, and it's going to be in a skip. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, you know, you said you, you you had a bit of trepidation. I think that if if something is so honest and pure, it cuts through all of that anyway. People can just see through all of that. And, and the honesty shows out is, is my opinion anyway. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, I only really learned to be honest uh, about my work and my family after my mum died I think I was chatting to Lee about it the other day and we think that that's in terms of kind of how the, the final final realization of it we'd, we'd both like to redo it I think with a with a with a bit more elegance I think we were certainly for me I was so nervous about the um permissions the logistics whether the whole project would fall flat on its face plus I had loads of work going on with my day job that I sort of um kind of had the narrative so sorted but I kind of I think that the um, final uh, look of it the aesthetics and the presentation of it can be improved. Yeah, well, um, I think at that time you probably had so much of your mum in your heart at the time anyway you was possibly putting too much emotion into the artwork and if you remake it again there might be that little bit of distance with time mightn't there? I think definitely. And also kind of we'd scattered these um, kind of chopped up spindles around the base of it and they didn't need to be there. And the we had the staircase going, especially made staircase going into um, the skip that was kind of really health and safety compliant. But I think next time I'll just be a bit more freestyle, yeah. you know, and just kind of help lay, you know, help people get a legger over on it. And so I think that's, you know, I, I would love to do it kind of now I'm talking about it. I think maybe to say, maybe I'll do it next year from the, it'll be the sixth anniversary of my mum's passing. So I think that's, I'm going to write that down. And that will be my, my, my first kind of plan for 2022. Well, it really is a, a good positive vibe about um, revisiting an artwork, I believe, because one yeah. that I'd done uh, for my third year show, I thought was really um, a strong piece. Um, but looking back on it now, if I was to remake it, it would look exactly the same, but I would be coming at it from a completely different direction. So it would mean something new, you know. But for me, the kind of the meaning, the narrative, even kind of, I suppose, what I'm putting onto it is like sort of kind of, kind of blown through the roof, hearing about your life and your family and your personal circumstances over the past year and everything. So I think you're right. The revisiting of an artwork is uh exciting and would you give it did it have a name before and if it did would it have the same name it was called no nah, i don't want none of that again and that was really something that my mum would have said and my granddad would have said and uh i think i think at the moment i'd keep that i'd keep yeah. that no nah, i don't want none of that again yeah would it be no nah, i don't want none of that again too too yeah definitely and it might even be that <laughs> it might even flick the v <laughs> You know, my, we used to have these um, <laughs> a man who lived around the corner called Billy Hoover because he mended hoovers and he had yeah. a little speed boat and it was called Up Yours. And then <laughs> it broke. And then a few years later, mum said, oh, Billy, what happened to your speed boat? He said, oh, it broke. He said, but I've got another one. Mum was like, oh, what's it called now? He said, oh, it's Up, up Yours too. <laughs> and uh, I just, it's so crap. Uh, but that sort of humour really tickled my mum. So um, maybe maybe it only comes across, no. you know, when you're yeah. sticking, you know, flicking the V. Excellent. Before that, I was doing all, a lot of work that um, 
I thought was about, um, well, for me, it was about kind of growing up in a council flat where there is no design process. You get what you, so I did a show called You Get What You're Given and you really do, you get, you know, you get the wood chip, you get, you know, there is no detailing. So where I went to school in North London, which was a really mixed school, we were once, when I was about seven, we were all told to draw, draw our front doors and all of my friends drew these beautiful red front doors with um, leaded stained yeah. glass and beautiful brass numbers and a shine, you know, and our front door was a white wood with a number five, a bell that didn't work in the center yeah, and a letterbox. And that was it. Yeah. And, and that was the first time ever. I, that was my first understanding of class. I really wow. saw the difference between the haves and the have nots. Yeah. And so for me, I'd always dreamt of having, you know, those, those kind of in Victorian and Edwardian houses, you get those beautiful staircases with spindles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't have spindles. Ours was a, a two walls, you know, yeah. going upstairs in our flat, in our council flat. And for me, the height of kind of beauty and maybe safety and happiness was was spindles. So yeah. I'd done this whole um, this installation with 500, I don't know, 580 spindles installed in this um, in this gallery. And uh, for me, my work was always about council flats and la lack of design and class. And um, I got interviewed by this um, this woman from. I can't remember what the publication was. Um, and she started talking to me and it was really cold and we were outside. It was like a November private view and I was shaking with the cold. I'd probably a bit overexcited and, you know, been working hard. And uh, I just started talking to her about my mum because my mum had just, just died. And um, then I realised that actually the work looked a bit like, so it was a series, like a grid. I'll send you some photos afterwards. It was like, a, um, it's almost like the graves of the unmarked soldiers. It was yeah. a series of nearly 600 spindles just standing up on their ends, spaced apart so much. And actually- They're precisely I, spaced. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, they were precisely spaced. And, and actually I started looking at um, graveyards in Mecca and they look like that. They look like the nice. grave of the unmarked soldier. And I was like, bloody hell it the installation was about this but actually it's turning into be about this and it was the first time that I'd ever told anyone actually that I'd grown up in a Muslim household so I was really embarrassed oh wow okay like even my work colleagues and people my even my best mates from school they saw my mum change but because I was about nine when my mum converted to Islam but I never what was really her reason if, if you don't mind me being nosy she, so um, I think kind of various reasons. I think so. She she grew up in. Not that there should be a reason, but yeah, she had reasons. She was it wasn't love. It wasn't a man. She's you know, she um, she grew up around religion. So her mum was, and dad were, went to church. Dad was Catholic. Her mum was Christian. So kind of God was really present. And I think that just a culmination of just she just needed something else in her life. I think yeah. she'd had a really bloody flipping hard, bloody life really. And, yeah. you know, split up with my dad when we were very young and worked full time to bring me and my brother up, you know. Yeah, just a little bit of yeah. mental support. To, to yeah. You're not alone, aren't it? I yeah. Mean, as I say, I'm not religious or spiritual in any way, but yeah, good luck to anyone that is. Yeah. If anything helps, whatever it is, it's a, it's a good thing, right? 
Yeah, and I think she liked the continuity of it, the kind of commitment. So she also worked um, at UCL as a welfare advisor. So she was working with a lot of international students. Yeah. And there was one lady called Fodos who was from Saudi who was over doing her PhD in maths. And um, she was over with her kids. So her husband was still in Saudi and she was over here. And I think she just probably her teachings, her talking, just introduced there was something about Islam that, yeah. And it, it really, that was it for my mum. She, she loved it. She prayed five times a day. She wore hijab. She was, she was a fully paid up member of, of um, actually of the Muslim community in North London. She was, yeah, she was really loved. Excellent. But it Good. was really weird as a white girl to grow up in a Muslim household. You know, yeah. we, my mum stopped drinking. She stopped smoking. She stopped partying. But I look, you know, I'm a, I grew up as a, you know, as a blonde, now fake blonde white girl. <laughs> my friends were really mixed. So my best friends were Pakistani and Jamaican and English, you know, the classic North London mix that you get in comprehensive schools. But I didn't look like the background I came from. Yeah. And I think that when I finally started expressing that side of my story, um, it, it, I, at the time I felt like shh, oh, my mum died. It was awful. It was, it was absolutely awful. But I gained this new narrative and I've gained the kind of freedom to be able to talk about my mum, really. Yeah. Before that, I think I, it was, I was embarrassed and I think I was very aware of it. it was her story and I wanted to keep it. It's her private story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When, when it's things like that, it, it feels like you're constantly justifying or trying to justify the reason for having it. Like with, with my, I don't know, do you know about my past? A, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, about like being in jail. I constantly have to say, well, I'm not that person anymore yeah. because I was an arsehole then. And I'm, yeah. well, hopefully not now, but you know, I can't give that opinion, can I? Yeah. But I've definitely not got the attitudes that I used to have. And I have to say for, for years, I was going, but I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. And I found a way to resolve that was to name the old me someone else. I know it sounds a bit arty and fancy, but I used to use, use the name Roy Maynard to sign in places or to give police when um, uh, in, back in the day yeah. when you could yeah, just yeah, give yeah. them a name and get on your way. It was always Roy Maynard. So now I say that wasn't me, that was Roy Maynard. Was Roy Maynard, bloody hell. Because, like, you know, you can justify a child doing something wrong, you know, when they're an adult, you know, you can go, oh, I was a kid, I didn't know any better. Yeah. I say that my, you know, th that age where I should have known better was 26, not 16 or 17 yeah. or, you know, so that's the way I used a similar sort of thing, you know, because I was embarrassed somewhat yeah. about my past, but you can't change it, so there's no use being embarrassed about it, Catherine, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you can't change it, and your story is so unique. There's no one who's had, no one else who's got your your individual story. So it's almost like, I don't know. I read this article a few years ago that's like, if you want to be a good artist, or a, not not necessarily a great artist, but a really true artist, you've got to be honest. Yeah. And that, and finally, that's all you've got, isn't it? That's yeah. all you've got is yeah. your kind of integrity and your honesty. So sort of going back to your question about how do people take Skip. I think they took it well, actually. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think they took it. I think they took it well. People, you know, consistently laugh at it. 
and love it. But and you can't get any more fucking accessible than putting yeah. art in a skip. For, for people who aren't into art, or like, like you said in Hoxton, if you go just a couple of hundred yards the other way from the posh bit of Hoxton or the yeah. arty bit of Hoxton, you go into people, council estates, who have yeah. pretty much no interest in art, that's about as accessible as you're going to so get. It's true, and, and we get that. We get that. So wherever the yeah. skipper goes, it kind of polices itself. Yeah. So in Hoxton, because there's a lot going on, there's a school there. As you say, there are housing estates, there are building sites, there are bin men, because we position it. We're Actually, our favourite spot is right by a load of bins, and people love it. So we've got some really, you know, and, and we we, st- we hang out there, we stay and there. Right for the to presume that it, it gets rubbish thrown in it constantly yeah it does get rubbish rubbish thrown in it constantly we so we've done sometimes depending on the uh, the work sometimes we use a closed skip yeah so for the show we did with david shrigley i think and gavin turk and our piece as well we've we've done we've had a closed skip so that we can close it close it up at night because the work that the works are kind of valuable um and those ones they were early on in skip gallery day. So we always had an invigilator talking yeah. to people. So it kind of did, those ones didn't get fly tipped so much. Anything that's open gets fly tipped and course. it's quite fun. I mean, oh, we did, yeah. yeah. With the territory. It's like see skip dump in it. Exactly. Everyone does. It's like, exactly. even if you're kind of like walking past you through your coffee cup in, <laughs> as the minimum to, you know, we've had when we did Richard Wood's pink. That's the first one I saw. Oh, it's a lovely one. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, what did you I think? love Richard Woods anyway. I, I, I didn't know of Skip Gallery, unfortunately, at the time. And I saw it in a skip. I, t- I thought it was him that done it. Yeah. You know, that had worked yeah. so easy within his work anyway. I saw it and I was like, oh, that is brilliant. And then, oh, it, good. yeah, super. So yeah, that was, a, oh, thank you. Yeah, that was a really funny one. So I was getting phone calls yeah. from environmental health. Okay, <laughs> like going crazy. You've done, you've overloaded your skip. You've done this pink Wendy Harrison, you're skipping, it's touching the trees. I was like, oh, yeah, but it's actually art. You know, and then all the, you know, blessed. People don't really know how to answer that one, do no, they? But, but what they do is that when you explain what it is, they were really supportive. Though, you know, it's really kind of cha- turning from, an environmental hazard yeah. into a yeah, pairing, excellent. yeah. And then we did um, a piece called Tipping Point with Hayden Kays in Margate. Yeah, in I saw November. that. One. That was yeah. good. I like that. <laughs> that was funny. That was very funny. Actually, that was the probably the only one that has had such fierce kind of discourse around it. And I think that's. I it wasn't was, aware of that. Yeah, it was local. Well, only a, a bit on Twitter, but I kind of noticed that Hayden was in conversation with a couple of um, Margate highfalutin art writers from Margate who um yeah there was some fierce fierce discourse let's say it was very funny it got fly tipped within an inch of its life it was it was that brilliant. was half of its intention anyway wasn't it yeah yeah that's good. right yeah um, it was bless- a shopping basket that's right yeah in effect because it's funny how you had Gavin Turk because I remember in about 2000 ish 2002 he had a he had an artwork that was a black skip, didn't yeah. he? he? Had like a six meter. You use four meter skips, don't you? We do. We try. We and usually his was a six yeah. meter, a, a big taller one. Yeah. That was just stuck in the in the old GLC building in the entrance as soon as you walked in. Oh, I didn't realise it was there because I think it's now. Is it now in? Does Damien Hurst own it? I think. I have no idea. But oh, when yeah. I saw Richard Woods's one in a skip, 
And then I found out that it wasn't his, it was a gallery project. I was like, you know, when you see one of those things that you just wish that you thought of yourself, you know, Aww. that, yeah, it's, a, it's perfect. It's, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Gary. Did you well, have any art in, at home growing up? Well, funny, so it's like pre-Islam and post-Islam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Islam from about the age of nine. My mum had nothing on the walls. I mean, Lee used to, he couldn't believe it when he first went to my mum's flat. There was nothing. She really lived a very simple life. She slept on the floor. She lived a very simple, modest life. That was her thing. But um, yeah, my, my family was sort of um, very politically aware. My mum definitely should have gone to art school, but she actually did go to, to Middlesex when a, a bit later on and did philosophy. So yeah, I mean, there's a big understanding of art. My mum was always into kind of art and artists. So she'd take us every Saturday to the Tate or the National. We were always kind of consuming and surrounded by art yeah. but but not as pictures on our on our walls no oh pretty cool though yeah yeah see i never read anything i, I had no interest in art whatsoever yeah um, mine would only have been record albums you know yeah yeah, yeah. Like album covers and, and that sort of thing but yeah so when was it you decided you wanted to become an artist probably forever probably kind of when for me yeah probably f- from like, if you'd have asked me when I was three, that I would have said, yeah, an artist or a vet, you know? Yeah. Uh, I kind of, so I did go to, I did my foundation. I did that classic kind of A-levels, did my foundation, but then I, and I was doing really well. And then I kind of hit, uh, uh, I was a bit naughty and kind of didn't get into any art colleges. I was a joker and a fool and, um, really stupid, quite daft really so my, my friend Faye who I've just got back in touch with actually put me put me up to I went had my interview at St Martin's when they were based in um in Holborn and I turned up to my interview and then on my personal statement I'd written kind of I've always known I was an artist I was born with a paintbrush behind my ear and a string of onions around my neck <laughs> I was just so stupid I just wanted the lols and yeah. um yeah I didn't get into art school so I had to take a few years out and work full time and then realise how fucking awful working full time for someone else is and only having 20 days holiday <laughs> a year. Um, that, that really put a fire under my bum and I started, um, I met this artist and I kind of did some uh, PR for him. He was a, a, an artist, but he also taught life drawing and portrait drawing at the V&A. So he let me do his classes and so he, for free in return for doing some work for him. So I would go, I was so adamant I wanted to go to art school that I would kind of finish my day job, go to his classes, and I was just drawing constantly for a year. Desperate, desperate to get a portfolio to go into art school. And I, I made, I did it, but um, I sort of, by that point, it was like really off my own steam because I was complete, I worked for a, in a photography picture agency producing shoots and I, I hated it, it was awful. But also funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, big, um, big lungs. What uni did you go to? To Nottingham. Oh, well, I was expecting yeah. to say one in London. No, and the reason why I didn't even apply to one in London is because kind of being a Londoner and having all my friends and my life in London, I knew that if I stayed in London, yeah. I just wouldn't have concentrated. Yeah. I knew I had to kind of put myself out of my comfort zone 
just get myself away from my friends really in my life yeah. and um yeah I found it a real shock going up to Nottingham because I I I don't know I found it really shock quite strange being somewhere where it was majority white people I found really kind of weird not used to at all I also worked um at Canary Wharf during that time four days a month in the, at the Sunday mirror on the picture desk so oh, I'd right. commute back every other weekend to to um to, to work as a picture desk assistant doing all the returns of the transparencies which piece that you've created has got the strongest emotional connection oh it probably has to be the the skip for my mum of course it, yeah. yeah I think it does just because it kind of it guarantees to make me go really hot and red beautiful <laughs> which means that the next step is to to cry unless I look away. that's why I have to look away from you Gary so I'm just, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's that one. It's awful to peak at the start, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> You've got to try and live up to it ever, yeah. ever after. No, it's, I mean, getting emotional about an artwork, man, it's, that's not just an artwork. It's, it's yeah, and then bold into one. Yeah, it's true. And then we it's did a... It's full of emotions, pretty much. It is, yeah. And then we did a partner piece for Lee's dad last year, who's, his dad passed away. And um, we were doing a show in Finsbury Park where we had seven skips. And we decided to do, that we wanted to do one of the skips as well, not just curate the show, but also yeah. create some work. And um, so we did a, a, a kind of an homage to his dad as well. So we nice. created, we reused the spindles, the staircase spindles, and made them into a bit of a, a red staircase going oh, over. Bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's um, a kind of uh, influenced by Lee's love of Japan. And oh, then, yeah. Nice. yeah, and then inside the skip, we threw um, a Mars bar, a can of Coke and a block of cheese in and spotlit them because at Lee's dad's graveside, oh, it was bloody funny, Lee's lovely family, <laughs> like they didn't have, we didn't have flowers to throw in there, we threw in the grave, a Mars bar, a can of Coke and they had this big block of cheese of cheddar from Sainsbury's really? and Lee's really? sister was they'd all come over from LA Lee's sister was like breaking off chunks of this cheddar really? and we're like that so that went into the grave with oh, Lee's man. lovely dad Jeff Excellent. so that was the partner piece for to my mum so I think um oh man what, what a what an emotional sort of icebreaker to do that eh? you yeah. makes everyone smile no I'm, I presume everyone was oh it does I mean it's just like it's really funny side, yeah <laughs> And it's like Brilliant. pouring down with rain, you know. Oh yeah, very funny. Brilliant. Been, been, he was a Kilburn boy, and so he just like he yeah, he wouldn't, wanted, he wouldn't have wanted no. some roses thrown down. No, there, would he? Yeah. Wanted, he would have wanted his can of coke. He would have wanted the mask and the cheddar cheese. It was perfect. really perfect. Excellent, yeah. love it. I know you've had Sarah Maple as part of the Skip Gallery, so I presume you identify with her work quite a lot. When we were looking for uh, for the Selfridges show, we were looking for artists and we kind of wanted to have artists who are sort of like re re reflected them, a mashup, I suppose the sort of narrative was reflecting a mashup of London, of kind of London's off Mayfair artists. Yeah. So there's what goes on in Mayfair, which is great and great fun and brilliant private views. But kind of for me, the real excitement is going on, you know, outside of central London. Yeah. And Sarah Maple's work, I think, Lee and I both felt it resonated just probably from our backgrounds. So Sarah's mixed heritage background, Lee, his mum's Iranian, his dad's a Londoner. So, you know, we kind of had that as a shared, yeah. as a shared thing. I, her text work, actually all her work is bloody not Everything's out. brilliant, isn't it? Everything's brilliant. And the, the, the piece of the world as we know it is, I mean, 
That's it. Yeah, it just says it. It does what he says on the skip. It does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> it does. And so hopefully we'll, we, we might have an opportunity to bring that back this year. Yeah, she's one of our favourites, that's for sure. Yeah, she's incredible. I'm a, I'm a really big fan. What do you do to relax? What do I do to relax? Um, well, I think... I don't know if I do relax very much. I think it's sort of... Um, certainly at the moment, having, you know, a son... I don't. I find there's not that much time to relax. No, what I love to do is I love traveling. I love traveling, and I want to go on twenty holidays a year. And that is my life aim: is to go on twenty holidays a year. I don't know. I think I'm a bit obsessed with. I read the newspapers, and that's kind of what I do to relax. Yeah, which isn't relaxing, but I'm sort of a bit. I'm a, quite a consumer of of news, and I'm really interested in politics. Well, you said you used to work at the Mirror. I used to work at a printing plant that printed the Sun, the Times. I was on my own for the entire day. I got the job down to that much of a tea. Um, I don't know if you've seen the exhibitions I've put on. Yeah. All of those were created at work because I had time. I had like at least five hours a day. My art career, which I wasn't able to do without a job, yeah. I'd done at work so much so that. that I even adjusted the way I produced work to make it more compatible to my job yeah I yeah. love that so much I really that really resonates when I was at Canary Wharf at the Sunday Mirror I um, I actually did my dissertation as a journey from bank <laughs> to to the Canary Wharf uh, Sunday Mirror office on the DLR Absolutely. as an observation and they gave me a load of the, the carpet that was on the floor of the of the mirror offices. Yeah. So I did an installation, kind of these three D arrows made out of that carpet, kind of tracking sort of the conversation about open plan offices and how people move around them. <laughs> yeah. I was really interested in. I was really into that, but I completely understand because I think I think as well those sorts of jobs you probably wouldn't have created. Well, you wouldn't have created the work that you created without being in that job. Definitely. So you, and, and it you, wouldn't have led me, it's put me on a different yeah. path. I wouldn't have got to the destination I've got, or I would have taken a completely different route. You know, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm not really a studio artist. It doesn't really, being in a studio on my own or with other artists is not really my thing. I'm not yeah. really a maker as such. Uh, I have my moments probably every four years. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I make something. A bit of, yeah. Yeah, a bit of interaction. Yeah. yeah. Well, Catherine, if there was you and five other artists, past and present, yeah, what would your ideal group show be? So my my five. So it's going to start with kind of really, um, I'm going to say kind of superstars for me, conceptual superstars. Yeah. So Martin Creed, Brilliant. Tracy Emin, Christo and Jean Claude, like wow, Jeremy Della, Cody Choi, who's a Korean artist. Paul Kindersley, who we've worked with, done a couple of Skip Gallery shows with, and I Excellent. just love everything about, yeah, I love I his love narrative, him. I love his look, I love his vibe, he makes me laugh, he loves egg and chips, he loves posh, he loves dirty. Um, Elizabeth Prentice, who is um, a young female artist who is equally, she does uh, painting, ceramics and performance, and she's she's kind of what is it? I'm going to call her a dirty bird, but that's not, you know, that would be being <laughs> you know, a big discredit to her, but I think she'd like it. Yeah. Um, and then I've got another artist, because that is actually the slimmed down version, but yeah. I was, there's an artist, um, 
Michael Connell. I don't know if you read about him a couple of years ago. He he did a he's um he's an electrician and a builder by by trade. And he did a thing. He's got a thing called the Catford Shed, and he took over his garden. And he's okay. been making this um this artwork for twenty years out of found objects. That he just um, oh, nice. anything that's been binned and has come from skips from his job. Excellent. He takes. Yeah, and I discovered him, there was a Time Out film probably two years ago. He did, he opened his garden to members of the public, kind of did an open house. And um, I just think, yeah, an artist like that to give opportunities as well as working with superstars with someone who is so committed to their work, I think is, is you know, really part of the Skip Gallery message. Excellent, superb. And the, the superstar names that you mentioned there at the start, ideally, how would you envisage um, their skip being created? So Christo and Jean-Claude, um, it would be very obvious to wrap a skip <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. you know, maybe a series of skips. Maybe we're going to have a hundred wrapped skips and maybe they're going to be located in the desert in Saudi Arabia as oh, a nice. kind of homage to my mum. That, that would be a dream. Martin Creed, I mean, to recreate lights on and off, I think would probably bring me to tears. Yeah. Um, Tracy Emin, I'd like to see, I'd actually like to see how she responds to the skip. I could imagine um, that she's had her the odd encounter with a skip and she mm. could bring, you know, something special to it. Uh, Jeremy Della, I think he would, we've been talking to him actually about doing a skip gallery show and I think, He's a, he's a desired man, so we're yeah. so I think we're just kind of slowly chipping away. Um, but I think something kind of celebratory around skips I could I could imagine as well. Um, it, it's he's just pretty cool, isn't he, Jeremy Della? Yeah, he's fantastic. I've been a massive fan, you know, probably since I saw that show at the Haywood where he recreated his bedroom and had open yeah. open bedroom. Yeah. It, I I really like work with a bit of humour. I really I really that really made me chuckle and recreating that um greasy spoon calf and giving away the the water I love that as well I hope as well Gary that you know well, that you'll do a skip as well at some point so I'd love that yeah um, saying about Jeremy Della on the um Kersler Arts which I'm on the board of um he when he had his um Biennale yeah he took like I think it was 11 um, of the guys, like ex-cons, away with him to um, sort of help him while he was there. Is he? Yeah, from, the, from the curse. Really? Yeah. yeah, I went to see that show. Uh, yeah, what an um, what that's an amazing thing, isn't it? And something that he, he didn't have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's blown me away a bit, actually. If you wasn't an artist, what would you like to be? My day job is I produce events. So that's kind of what I do as my day job for a company. And I've been doing that for about some years. And yeah, so that... Type of events? Oh, God, everything from... Um, so we took over a townhouse in Soho and did a Powerpuff Girls, um, you know, the Cartoon Network, Powerpuff yeah, Girls yeah. Emporium, loads of things at King's Cross at the new development there. Uh, we've taken over the steps at Wembley Park and collaborated with artists Remy Ruff and Mazer doing changing the steps into beautiful artwork. So I do have a day job where I've kind of got clients and you know have to do budgets and stuff. Um, and if I didn't Growing do that stuff, 
grown-up stuff. But if I didn't do that, I'd probably have. A, I've always wanted. Well, I always wanted to do a sandwich round because. Um, oh, I love it. What a, I I love yeah because I really like being my own boss. I like sandwiches. I think I'm good at making them. I reckon that the margins. Um, basically, at one point when I was about 17, me and my friend Faye, we were like dead set. That's we were going to do it, and you know we never did. But yeah, I'd do a sandwich round, Perfect. and I yeah. Well, I, I like the way that you didn't have to think. That's like your backup job if those <laughs> fails. When I was kind of 14 to 18, I worked on. At Covent Garden Market on various um, stalls, and uh, my that's always my backup is you know, and also my benchmark is it as bad as Covent Garden Market in the winter? <laughs> and if it's not, then I've got to leave. You know, yeah. there's like because that is a really bloody hard job. The Skip Gallery is it got? I mean, it's uncertain times, but is there anything coming up at the moment? It's gutting that we've got these uncertain times because we've kind of got such a full roster of of shows in the pipeline um a group show in tottenham where i think we've got 10 artists and 10 skips in this kind of warehouse space near tottenham hale and that's great because i grew up near there and it would be good to do something around there and they've also got really good sandwich shops um hopefully um we've got i've been invited to do a show uh, in athens and mykonos by diahoria oh. gallery who's nice. um uh, maya georgievich's gallery out there a piece called um library of feelings with corkin who are a young architecture firm and that's kind of all about mindfulness and mental health and that will be a big monolithic piece made out of thatched roof material that's probably sort of 10 meters high and you go inside it's beautiful you can see all the inner workings of this kind of thatched building and it's a library where you can write your feelings down loads of other things we've, we've kind of got our We've got our list of artists who we've sort of got kind of confirmed to work with and you know it's all it's all a bit on hold right now oh, yeah because you can't i mean we've kind of nearly had a show earlier this year up in fulham town hall with our friend nick gray doing a laser skip but you know we're gonna hopefully do a project space as well with our friend mercedes who's a curator in margate um so we want to do something kind of a bit more experimental as well so it, it, yeah I don't know have you used that to readjust your calendar oh yeah it's totally 100% I mean we're lucky that we did the hate the show with Hayden and so we just kind of managed to slip that in between yeah. lockdowns because haven't we this is now our third lockdown so we're yeah. you know it's really bloody hard to... being outside there's got to be some benefits there yeah or... yeah definitely like some Oh yeah, and I think you can still have art, public art. I think you just don't have the private view, and yeah. you know the, the the sort of the opening is always good fun because we serve box wine in plastic cups, and you know it's it's a good excuse to you know get everyone down. But um, yeah, I mean my day job is gone. I mean we we yeah, I'm just completely there's nothing on the horizon. We're lucky that we got a commission, the Canary Wharf Commission, as part of their Connected by Light. Yeah. Um, exhibition winter exhibition so me and I did a piece there a, a neon um, a kind of homage to Alice in Wonderland called Curious Flurious and everything's completely fluorescent and trippy and that's that takes place in um, Crossrail Place Roof Gardens which nice. is this amazing a bit like an Eden project and half half open to the elements of these tropical lush gardens so we were lucky that we got that and you know that's kind of kept 
kept food on the table. Where can anyone see Skip Gallery online or social media? Yeah, if you're on Instagram, it's just at Skip Gallery. Um, for our other project, Graphic Rewilding, that's also just at Graphic Rewilding. Lee and I have got our artist curator website, which is baker-boroski.com. Are you online as yourself? My Instagram is Catherine.boroski. Well, Catherine, that's all my questions asked. Oh, thank you, Gary. It's been such a really pleasure. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, hopefully see you soon. I'll... See you later. Bye. We're, we're revisiting the Sarah Maple skip, the world as we nice. know it. Yeah, so that's imminent. That's going to be um, displayed in the public realm in a city. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say where or when. Um, well, when I think it'll be in, in March, but it's going to be it's going to be where it in, in its rightful place. So we showed it in a in a gallery um, or in a warehouse space, but it's going to be out to, in the public realm with okay, open to all the ele elements. So let's see what happens to that. We've got we've been asked to curate and be in a, sh a skip gallery show in Athens at Diahoria Gallery, nice. which will be brilliant. And then we're doing something with Corking Studio called the Feelings Library. Wow. Yeah. No. So we've, we've got loads planned and it's just, it feels like this week I'm kind of contacting people, you know, I'm sort of, my fire is a, is a bit more lit than it, than it was at the beginning yeah, of the I year. I think it feels like that for a lot of people at the moment. There you have it, Catherine Borowski and the Skip Gallery. Seriously, how good was that? And who would have thought a year ago that the most convenient way to see artwork over the next 12 months would be in a skip. Brilliant. I love it and I really wish I'd have thought of it. But I didn't. So there you go. But hopefully, fingers crossed, I might even get the opportunity to show him one one day. I've spoken to Catherine a few times since this recording and she's informed me that the other half of Skip Gallery, Lee Baker, is up for coming on the podcast. Superb. So that's another one to look forward to. And speaking of podcasts to look forward to, Next week's episode is a corker as well. If you've been watching the art programme called Draws Off on Channel 4 in the early afternoon, you'll know that it's presented by comedian, writer, well, woman of many hats, Jenny Eclair. And I recorded an episode with Jenny just a couple of weeks ago, and although I had several recorded previously, I am going to bring Jenny's forward to coincide with a programme that's on telly. And the mentor on that programme is the amazing Diana Alley. Now Diana has been in one of my exhibitions and I've been in a couple of hers. And I did ask her over a year ago to come on the podcast. And although she agreed, I never got round to following it up. That's something I'm obviously going to do now. So that's about it for this week. And whichever platform you listen to this podcast, you should be able to leave a comment. If you could do that, that really would help us get noticed and anyone else looking for a podcast. It'll only take a few minutes and it really would do us a favour. But either way, thanks for listening and until next week, ta-da.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.